When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right, we're back again. Well, I'm back again. There's no Matt. I'm, I'm here on my own talking to a microphone, which is always very odd and weird excuse my voice I was at Spurs last night and uh, at Wembley shouting my head off and, and many would be happy to know that obviously Spurs lost and I'm feeling very low today anyway we spoke to Jack Collison this week former West Ham professional footballer and we talked through the start of his career the highs and lows the injuries the game against Millwall um, retiring at eight and the impact that that has on a player and, and just what happens now for, for a Premier League footballer who has to change his life the- Long ball street. Welcome to the Long Ball Street Podcast. I'm flabbed today. Matt isn't about because he's working, he's busy. But I am joined by former West Ham, uh, Peterborough United, Cambridge United. Um, played 121 times for the Hammers. Uh, you're per- perfectly placed in the hearts of West Ham fans, I'd imagine. Uh, you had loan moves to Bournemouth and Wigan, and then you signed for Ipswich before ending your career at Peterborough. Yeah, <laughs> this is your life, pretty much. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> how, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on the Long Ball Street. No, thanks for having us. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, um, so uh, beginning, you, you signed for um, Peterborough first. When is that? Yeah, well, what? it's it's kind of a strange story for me. I mean, as a kid, I was very fortunate. I was at Peterborough United, and unfortunately, the youth system closed down when I was about 13. So I ended up going to Cambridge United. Um, Lightning struck twice. They shut down the youth system at sixteen. So what's that like at that, at that level? With because um, you'd imagine, I mean, to this day, Peterborough, you're the manager of the under yeah, at Peterborough, yeah. so the youth setup is back in place there. But what is it like? Just a budget thing? Is it expensive? I think so. Yeah, that they're expensive to run, um, and obviously the lower league clubs, their focus is on the first team, isn't it? A yeah. lot of the time. Uh, yeah, of course it was disappointing, especially the the players at Peterborough were well known for producing. I mean, the likes of Simon Davis, Matty Everton were in the first team who had just been sold for big money. So, yeah, it was devastating. And then for the same thing to happen when I went to Cambridge, I, I thought at times it wasn't meant to be. But fortunately enough, I ended up making the move to West Ham at 16 and kind of never looked back since. So you was at Cambridge, that was in, you was in the four, they were in the fourth tier, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah League Two they were. And they the dropped out, they, yeah. they scrapped their their youth system and were their clubs sniffing around you at that time then because you must have been one of the standout players in that academy or? yeah although I was young I, there was always uh, clubs sniffing around which was 
which was nice, especially at a young age. But my my focus at the time was to try and break into the first team at Cambridge. Yeah. I know it sounds funny. Obviously, it was nice to have. I mean, I went up to Manchester United a couple of times, West Brom, and, and various other clubs. And obviously, when Cambridge shut down the youth system, it was uh, it was as soon as I knew West Ham were in the hunt, and obviously with the traditions and the histories of bringing through the young players and. The opportunity to go work with someone like Tony Carr was too good to turn down. Yeah, unfortunately, Tony Carr's obviously recently got. Uh, I don't even know the situation. It was a little bit, it's little a bit strange bad, one, isn't it? A bad blood <laughs> because you've talked to him in interviews previously about how good a, a play, person to have around as a development to, to, to help you development develop yeah. as a player. Oh, you look at look at Tony Carr. Look at the players he's brought through. I mean, he's provided probably fifty percent of the England squad over the past twenty years. Yeah, let alone players for the West Ham first team and. Not really sure what went on there, but obviously Tony wasn't happy, the, the club weren't happy, and unfortunately they went their separate ways. But I know, speaking from personal experiences, the whole reason I signed for West Ham was to work under Tony Carr, to, yeah. to work with one of the best known for producing youth and, and getting them into the first team. And he was hard he was hard to play for at times, he was hard to get uh, compliments out of, but he, <laughs> he has one of them personalities, you wanted to do well for him. and. Obviously, with his experience, he he was great to work for. Then you, you talked about also previously about having good games, and then he'd finally give you a bit of praise, which would, would mean yeah. mean the world. Yeah, it was, a, it was a strange one with Tony. You'd you'd come off the pitch and you'd just won a game, and you thought you'd played really well, and he wouldn't compliment you, he wouldn't praise you, and you'd <laughs> think, Do you know what, I've, I thought I've done really well today. And I remember once, I think he gave me a compliment once, uh, playing for the youth team. I think I was his captain as a second year. I scored a last-minute winner against Fulham. Bit of a worldy goal, to be fair. And he, he gave me a well done, and that meant the world to me, because it's, it's the sort of praise I'd been waiting for for the entire two years. But Who, who do you follow? Like, who's your team? Is it West Ham? It was a strange one for me. I was a bit, a bit all over the place. I mean, when I was very young, it was Chelsea. Um, my old man used to take me to watch Chelsea back when they were rubbish (laughs) but I got to see the likes of Zola Dennis Wise John Spencer Gavin Peake I got to see some great players and really enjoyed it Um, but obviously once I joined Peterborough I used to go and watch their first team every week and as I said the likes of Simon Davis Matty Everton and it was on to Cambridge and then obviously I had nearly 10 years at West Ham so I suppose West Ham are my team nowadays yeah no that's fair enough I suppose but what what, quick question were Cambridge not able to sign you up to a pro contract and demand a fee or is it just the whole situation is it hard to know uh, I'm not too sure I think because I was still a schoolboy at the time I I don't think they were allowed to demand too much because I was I was still at school so I'm not really sure what happened there. I know my mum had lots of phone calls from various clubs and yeah. and there was a lot going on at the time, but for me, I was devastated. It's devastated that Cambridge had shut the system down. I dreamed of getting into their first team and making an impact at a young age. I, I was gutted and for me, it was just about finding somewhere to play football and I was a bit blown away, to be honest, when I had the, the various interests and obviously, when, as I said already, when West Ham come in, yeah. there was only one place I ever wanted to go. What what year was that when you signed for West Ham? Uh, t- 2000 and where are we now? 2006 maybe, I think. So they just got promoted. It weren't far off when they had, oh, they might have been around that time, because there was a crop of, of young players. We had An- Anwar Udin, who, who used to play in their, their development and never quite got a game for West Ham, but talks yeah. about having Rio Ferdinand, Lampard, Joe Cole, Defoe. Yeah. Incredible, uh, uh, Leon Britton, some some amazing footballers around yeah. there, and you can I can understand that as a as a, um, 
as a young player looking at the players they've produced what Tony Carr did yeah. just seems like the perfect place to, to hone your craft somewhat um, so so you, you follow West Ham now you, you keep yeah, an eye on what's always, going they're on they're always the first result I look for I look for West Ham every week because obviously I've got many fond memories there and I still speak to quite a few of the boys down there and I want to see them doing well and, and pushing up the league what um what, what do you think of what's, what's going on at the moment because there, there was a massive amount of excitement before moving into the London yeah. Stadium oh, you can understand oh. the reason why the business side of it they've they've managed to secure a, a huge stadium not far from where they are they haven't really up to up sticks too much um, they're going to this, this massive stadium there were some reservations about it not being fit for football kind of thing and to some degree that has played out yeah. certainly off, <laughs> off the pitch I mean it's always difficult as a player I'd imagine Actually, what is it like, right? When you're you've been you're so used to playing in a certain stadium, the right environment, you're playing well, and then you move. Yeah, is it, it look, it's, a, it's it's a strange one for me. I, I think for for West Ham to really challenge and to try and push into that top six, that top four, the move to the Olympic Stadium was a must. Look, it's it's too good a deal to turn down the extra revenue and especially for the the foreign players you're trying to get a good foreign player to come play in England you've got the opportunity to go live in London and play at the Olympic Stadium it's it's definitely a big draw Um, however speaking to fans I mean a lot of my friends are are diehard West Ham fans and to say goodbye to the bowling a a stadium just with so much history and so much about it I I think you speak to any player who's played there as an opposition player it's their favourite place to go and play not because it was easy just because it was a challenge it was yeah. intense you enjoyed the banter you enjoyed the stick from the fans and especially during that last season West Ham really managed to the team really managed to turn it into a fortress you could see what it meant to play there to, to the players and the fans and I think it was a shame to say goodbye and I think moving into the Olympic stadiums they predicted there was going to be teething problems but Nothing like what's happened. It's been very disappointing, both on the pitch and off the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a Spurs fan, the Bolin was one of the worst places yeah. to, to go. I mean, it's, it is so intimidating. <laughs> it's intimidating for players. And as as a, I'm 35, I've I've seen the kind of transition from old school stadia into yeah. into the new, and it's happening at Tottenham at the moment. I've got genuine concerns about how that's going to affect going to watch my team play. Um, but going to the Bolin was just a just a daunting experience. I mean, it, it was kind of what I loved about about. Well, about I, think, I think everyone everyone felt the same, didn't they? Yeah. To to go out there and play, especially under the lights at a big game where the fans are really up for it, and there's something on the line. There's no place like it. The atmosphere is just so intense, and every kick, every every movement is just it means something, and mm. it, it's great to go out there and play and even watching on as a fan it was great to go watch some games there and yeah. as you said it's, it's, there was no doubt it was going to be hard to take the atmosphere with them or that intense atmosphere that you can create at an, an old school stadium but mm. I think the owners had to do it and I think eventually they will find a way around the teething problems they'll get it right on the pitch and, and who knows in two or three years back they'll look back and think do you know what it was a touch of genius making the move oh, yeah I mean in business sense it's definitely going to happen and they, and they will make it their own you know a passionate set of fans obviously there's no love lost between Tottenham and, and yeah. West Ham but you can appreciate <laughs> a, a grassroots football club when you see it I can at least and um the, the thickness in the atmosphere when you're trying to get into the ground the same as it is with White Hart Lane when West Ham come to yeah, play Spurs yeah. there's something special about that even though it is a little bit dodgy there, at times oh there is there is and it's, it's a shame it's going away from that but mm. 
think a lot of the people who still go and support have many fond memories, as you say, the old school, old school stadiums. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I can't talk to you without talking a bit about your injury, and I'm sure you're sick to the back <laughs> yeah, for talking no, about right. it. But it's such a shame because so many, <laughs> so many. Um, you know, you, I've seen you play, and, and many people talk about the talent that you had, and 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 to retire at 27 is young for for anybody, in, even injury prone players like Ledley King, who had nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> he managed to play into his early 30s. So, mm. I mean, and actually, we we spoke to a lot of footballers, ex pros, and and all of them almost always talk about the periods in their in their professional career when when they suffered from injury, and how difficult that was at the time, but. What I guess my question is is what, what was that like? Because you 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 played you played plenty of games in when West Ham went down, but in in the top tier you you missed a lot. Yeah. How, how do you cope with that? I guess. Yeah. Look, I've, I think the situation where I am now, I've accepted it. it look, there's always going to be days where I wake up and I think, Carl, what if what if I was still playing? Especially Wales in the Euros this summer. Yeah. It was hard to watch them. A lot of the boys have sort of come through. Um, I mean, I missed an entire year from football when I left West Ham. I, sh- I really struggled to get back back playing and I decided to take the entire season out. And I think that season was probably the toughest because I hated watching football. I couldn't watch anything on TV. I hate talking about football. The focus was around my injury. Yeah. But I think by doing that, I, I found a way to cope with it, to get past it. And then I had one last go at trying to come back with Peterborough threw my all into trying to get back morning, noon and night I had a right good go at it and unfortunately it didn't work out I knew I was miles off it and I think thankfully by having that one last chance I can always look back now and sort of say do you know what I gave it my all I've got no regrets um, I've had a good go and, and now it's time to sort of close the book and sort of move on yeah there's kind of no what ifs is there you kind of you give no, it a go no, and there's, there's a, as I said it's, it is tricky at times watching some of the bigger games where I think, do you know what, I might have been involved in that. And that's something that I've got to learn to live with and get on with. The only good thing is now where I'm so busy with my new job and I'm so focused on trying to become a good coach, it kind of keeps me motivated, makes me want to get out of bed in the morning. And at mm. the moment, I'm sort of doing okay. <laughs> uh, you um, you talked about, uh, actually, I was curious about what clubs do to help players during their injury, those periods, not physically, because obviously, they know how to get players fit if it's jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price go to blue and experience the convenience of shopping blue nile the original online jeweler since 1999 that's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Possible, but obviously there's the mental aspect of it. Is there anything in professional football currently, or do you think there should be more provision for how it? Uh, the effects yeah. mentally it has on a player. I think there's definitely, it's definitely an area where it's lacking, a million percent. Don't get me wrong. No. I must say the PFA have been fantastic in providing support in terms of, they've got me on a university degree, so I'm doing a, a journalism degree, sports writing and broadcasting, which has been great. Um, little things like that, but I think the the help needs to be more accessible. And I think players need to be more aware of the help because, as I said, that year. I don't know how my missus put up with me, it was, it was horrible, I, I probably was depressed, I, I hated, as I said, I hated football and it's, it's not like me and it took a while for me to get past that and sort of find a new focus and a new motivation to, to get me out of bed, so I, I definitely think there needs to be more awareness out there and look, playing football, there's, there's nothing like it, there's nothing waking up every day going in to play football or walking out of a stadium in front of 30, 40,000 fans, there's nothing that's going to quite get up to that. But yeah. if you can find a way to deal with it, something that is going to motivate you, then there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel. It is a life like no other, really, isn't it? You talk about boxers that are, uh, you know, that they've, 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 like Ricky Hatton's a good example where he had the, at the very top of his career, it got kind of taken away from him, bad, bad, a couple of bad defeats yeah. and had that final sing-song. Um, but but you live such an extreme life with so much attention on you. Not I'm not just talking about like press attention, but just the the attention and, and, and the level you have to be at to perform. There must be something addictive about about doing oh, that. There is. There's no, there's nothing that gives you that rush of going and winning a big game or scoring a goal or or having a real good performance. There's nothing that's ever gonna live up to that, um, which is obviously it's disappointing. It's a shame. I think it's only where I'm finished now where I've took a step back, kind of re-evaluated and looked back and thought, you know what, I, I really enjoyed it. I had a really good go. Mm. Yes, I, I didn't quite reach the levels which I, my potential probably should have got me to, but I still achieved more than most people have and I still had a small taste of the big time and I loved every moment of it. Yeah, fair play. Um, last thing on the injury, I promise. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, you talked on Hanging Up The Boots podcast. Yeah, Reece Evans yeah. and Sam Parkins, they're good mates of ours. Um, he, 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 he talks about having to drive to training your legs seizing up <laughs> or your seizing up you yeah. think I've got a, what was it what, oh, just for those who don't know what, what what was that I mean you used to drive to training at Peterborough is it yeah, well when I was trying to get a contract to Ipswich right. was, was probably the worst time um, yeah look people uh, fans and people who who watch football only see a snippet of a footballer's life and don't get me wrong, it's the best life in the world. There's, there's nothing better than going to play football every day. But for someone who's had a long-term injury like, like myself, I mean, I'd wake up in pain at night sometimes with my knee in absolute agony for no reason. I'd get up in the morning, I could hardly get out of bed. It'd take me 10, 15 minutes to walk. And as I said, Ipswich was probably the worst time because I was trying to get a contract, so I didn't want to show that I was injured. but. I'd be driving, I'd be in the car for an hour, I'd get out of the car and it'd probably take me 20 minutes walking around the car park before I could actually go in because I could hardly move my leg. And then I was expected to go and perform on the training pitch, chasing all these young kids around. And I think at that time, I kind of knew it was time to step away from it because I wasn't doing justice to myself. Yeah. And 
obviously to prospective clubs I wasn't wasn't in a right sort of frame of mind or the right sort of physical capability to go out there and, and play the game and it was hard yeah was it the left knee no my right knee unfortunately I mean lefty I might have got away with it because I was rubbish with my left foot <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it, as I say it's one of them things and unfortunately I, I mean I had, had another operation about four months ago to try and give me a bit more life in the knee and moving on now and it's something I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life but to have the small taste of it that I did I, I probably wouldn't change it you're still in pain now you still have trouble yeah yeah I'm still limping about a bit oh, now it's, uh, <laughs> it's good fun but <laughs> look it's one of them things that, of course there's a lot of things that I could have done differently and probably could have been managed slightly differently but it's happened now so I've just got to get on with it and yeah. make the best out of a bad situation and often fans will expect so much from players and they kind of demand that they play or they're not not fully understanding of the extent of injuries sometimes and why players can't play and and actually what 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 you give up as well like if yeah. you're saying you're you're now have an issue of your knee for the rest of your life yeah as a footballer I mean it, there's one aspect to it where you see pay, people playing at the top for many years and they yeah. kind of seem to get away with it yeah yeah and you've had like what is mm. it well, uh, yeah no I mean I used to get home from training some days and I'd be on my ice machine from probably four o'clock to about half eleven till I went to sleep just icing in between getting up, having a stretch and, and icing again. And I think the frustrating thing for me is that realistically I was probably never fit after the the big injury at 20 years old. I never never quite felt fit again after that. And obviously that that is really disappointing because yeah. there was a lot of potential there and it's just one of them things. The um the, the, the West Ham Millwall game, I, I never took because I watched the game and there was yeah. just so much around that. And obviously, <laughs> your old man passed away only a few days before, but you mm. decided to play. Um, it was West Ham Millwall, yeah. <laughs> which is probably, I mean, people talk about the old firm, you know, I can't think of anything else that rivals that in nah, terms of oh. pure hatred. What was that like playing in that game? One, because obviously what had happened to you, but, but, but more, but, but, but just kind of being able to focus in that atmosphere when it was kicking off it was incredible that that night as a whole lived with me for the rest of my life for many reasons I mean I remember getting the draw and just the excitement around the training ground as soon as the draw was made and all the fans I was getting texts off people big West Ham fans really excited for the game and of course knowing what my dad was like it probably would have been in the pub about three hours before getting getting right in the mix Um, so obviously losing him a couple of days before and there was only one thing that I wanted to do and I wanted to play obviously to to honour him and, and obviously to go out there and sort of take my mind away from what was going on and the game unfortunately would get remembered for obviously all the fan trouble before the fans on the pitch and mm. what a lot of people probably didn't see was that 90% of that stadium were sort of helping me through the, the toughest time in my life by yeah. supporting me and and obviously all the well wishes I got before during the game and after is is a feeling that I'll never ever forget and I'm forever grateful for everyone who was inside that stadium that, that night and, and sort of supporting and helped carry me through you had a good game as well didn't you, you yeah that's right. I mean I, I thought we were going to lose I was devastated <laughs> and then Junior Stanislas popped up um, and then to be honest one of my only regrets from playing is that I didn't take the penalty in extra time because we won a penalty and Junior passed me the ball and I knew he was a penalty taker and I knew he'd score and I kind of wish that I took it myself now but it's one of them things we won the game 3-1 and as I said it would be remembered for obviously the crowd trouble but for me it was a 
as I said, the football family uniting and sort of carrying a, a young man through a tricky period in his life. Absolutely, it's fantastic. It's a great story, and I remember it still to this day. Like I, I don't watch much football outside of Tottenham. Yeah. there's so much going yeah. on at the moment, but I remember that game vividly for, right. for, for lots of reasons, but especially your story. Um, so you uh, you're you're now at, at Peterborough under yeah. 18s. You've got a soccer school. We're uh, working with kids. Firstly, the soccer school. What? What's the aim behind that? Is it just about getting kids playing football and enjoying it? Yeah, look, uh, as I said, that year I had away from football, I needed to find something to to motivate me. And and where I where I grew up in like the Bedfordshire area, I felt there was a gap in the market to bring some high quality training at grassroots level to to provide an opportunity for these kids who like to go down the park and play football and just local kids who just love the game and. It gave me a real boost. Uh, I think it really helped me get over the tricky period just to go down and see these kids just playing football, loving football and, and going out there and playing with no politics, no worries, what's going on in and around them and, and just loving the game. And It certainly gave me a spark back and then by setting up the soccer school is something that I've been very passionate about and it's been great watching it grow over the last couple of years. I mean, we've been doing bits in America, which has been fantastic just setting up an academy for post-school leavers so it, it's been really good and of course if I can provide a good service then then hopefully the kids will keep coming back. Yeah absolutely. Um, what what was it like for you because when you're a kid even if you've never made it to the pro or anywhere near that you love playing football when you're yeah. a kid it's a game isn't it you, yeah. you're with your mates and the stories of uh, like David Bentley for is a good prime example of this is that the, the further he progressed into the professional game the less he enjoyed it yeah what, what is that transition like uh, look, I can I can see where it's coming from I mean I, I was one of those lucky enough to play with Benson what a character by the way what a player yeah what a player. he was playing on half a knee at the time as well at West Ham and he was just great to watch in training and his enjoyment his enthusiasm and it rubbed off on people there definitely is a dark side to football and I, f I think the longer you're in it you can definitely be polluted by a lot of the stuff that goes on in and around it there's a lot of stuff that goes on away from the scenes a lot of politics from from up above and obviously a lot of dangerous people that you <laughs> you, you probably shouldn't be trusting but sometimes mm. you do and mm. unfortunately in a game where there's so much money around that's always going to be the case I think so yeah. taking a step away and as I said, giving something back to the kids, especially in, in the Bedfordshire area, there's a real gap. And I mean, they've had premiership footballers coming down. They've had an Olympic gold medalist coming down because I've been able to open them doors, get these people down and hopefully inspire a generation who can come through and get into the game. Many good players, don't they? Yeah, I, I mean, a real a real aim of mine is to find a diamond in the rough, I think. That we, we provide good coaching. The kids are there to have a laugh. Got a great set of coaches. But if I can find that one, get him, get him down that that pathway of becoming a footballer would be a, a real passion and something I'll be very proud of. And on to Peterborough, under-18s, manager there now. Um, what, what's that like? Because is that something you want to go into, that yeah, manager? Yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I've been doing my badges. So I'm, I've, I'm nearly finished my A-licence, which is good. So obviously by ending football so early is disappointing, but plus side is I'm, I'm well ahead on my coaching badges and where I would be in maybe five six years time if I retired then so I'm getting the experiences in um, it's a great opportunity for me to work with the youngsters at Peterborough because it's a club which is known for producing young players getting yeah. them in the first team and then selling them on and for me it's great to work with a talented bunch of lads a, a lads who like to be out there playing football and 
if I can pass on some of my experiences, some of my knowledge, and just help one or two get into the first team, and then it's a it's a really pleasing job to have. I mean, I've spoke already about not quite getting that buzz anymore, but for example, seeing young Leonardo da Silva Lopez, who's yeah. 17 years old, I had him in my youth team last season, and he's out there now playing in the first team week in week out. It's it's great to see. I was going to ask you if there's any players Spurs should pick up. Yeah, is young Leo, I think he might be on the radar. To be fair, where, where's he play? Is he? he he plays anywhere across the midfield, deep. Yeah. He can play attacking, but as I say, he's 17 years old. This kid and Kai, he's he's going to be some player. He is now. He's he, he, he's bossing games at 17 years old in League One so Amazing. he's definitely got a chance the kid did you hear about that, that there's a 29 year old manager in, in Germany I think for Hoffenheim I just read about it at the oh, weekend really? yeah, the third in the league Yeah, they might be unbeaten in I don't know God knows how many games and there's something like 48 players in the league that are older than him that are playing really? still so you never know <laughs> no. Jack you could be onto something yeah? yeah you never know I think for me at the moment it's just a case of finding out if I'm any good at it mm. As I said, no, whatever I do, it needs to motivate me. It needs to get me out of bed in the morning. And at the moment, this is the thing that's doing it. And although I'm not out there playing football, it's nice to be out on the pitch still and still mm. be in the environment. All right, thank you, Jack, for so much for <laughs> no coming problem. down and speaking to us. I know you're busy. And uh, thanks a lot, pal. <laughs> no, uh, remember to keep downloading the Long Ball Street podcast. We're speaking to many pro footballers, next pro footballers, and people around the game. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, remember to leave reviews and follow us at Long Ball Street. We'll see you soon. Long Ball Street. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.